Are you over abrasive this week? Am I over abrasive this week? Talking about the. Perhaps I am over abrasive this week. You're always a little bit over abrasive. Dude, my words are. Am I drunk? You're slurring. Did I drink? You're slurring, man. Ma- maybe, maybe after that Halloween buzz you got. Ooh, we'll talk oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Foreshadowing. So there's um, Blue Nose has some new beer. Okay. They got a peach sour that's really good. A I peach like. sour? Yeah, I quite like it. If I'm being honest with you. Really? Yeah, I swapped out my crawler peach, this week. Peach instead okay. of the raspberry sour, I got the peach sa- sour. Oh, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to try that. That cool. sounds good, actually. Oh, it's very cool. What, like mixing them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe, huh? She is. I think the peach one is a bit lighter than the raspberry one. The raspberry? The raspberry. Yeah, I would say so. Still got like the same good like carbonation that like fizz. Mm-hmm. You know, very so, important. I had this um. Uh, well, you know what? We'll talk about it when we get into how was your week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let me make sure everything is kosher and make sure that it actually is episode 91. <gasps> just to make sure before. Yes, it is. All right, Gabe, you ready, buddy? Oh, yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids podcast, episode number 91. 91. Holy shit. Yeah, it is a Sunday night. Uh, we filmed. Filmed. Uh, recording a little bit later today because I had to see a movie and I wasn't in town yesterday, so we had some stuff to accomplish. But yeah, we're here. Uh, for all the new listeners out there, we appreciate you stopping uh, stopping by, hanging out with us. Uh, as we stated last week, we are one of the featured podcasts Podcast. of the week on Podbean. the last day, too. Oh, yep. Yeah. Well, tomorrow morning it comes down officially. But uh, yeah, we've had a ton of new listeners and we appreciate the time. Uh, and hopefully you guys can spread words to your friends and... Yeah, man, there's an abundance of podcasts out there to uh, check out and listen. A lot more interesting stuff whoa, than what we do, whoa, but uh, whoa, uh, uh-oh, something oh, oh, happened. It. No, you're good. Yep. But uh, yeah, th- thanks for checking us out. Yep. Um, we, we, we got some good times on here, and we got some uh, bad times on yep. here. But yeah, we've been kicking it, 91 episodes. Yeah. Mama. So uh, how was your week, Jake? Let's talk. My week was, the the start of it was cool, uh-huh. right? Uh, but then near the the, la- the, end, the end of the week, they started to fuck with me a little bit. I did two back-to-backs in a row. Uh-huh. Uh, just basically that's, I work two shifts in a row. It's a 12 hour shift. It's very long and it's brutal. Uh, I mean, it's good money, but fuck, I want to spend time with my kid when she's awake, you know? Um, but yeah, man, that other than that, the week was fine. Um, Saturday I went to, let me open this a little bit. My fault. We went to Wood Smoke with my family. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Wood Smoke is like a campground. You okay there, old man? Yeah, I guess. Uh, like a campground in Seneca, Illinois. Okay, I guess I'm that window's not opening today. Um, and me and my family have been going there since I can remember. And um, it's my first year without my grandpa going. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, we had a good old time. Uh, how, how far of a drive is it? About an hour. About an hour. About an hour some change. It wasn't brutal. Um, so uh, how, how is it being pitch black out there, man? Because there's like no lights on the campground. Well, right, this, right? like I said, we, we only stayed for like like nine hours. We got there early in the morning. We left later. And by the time we got home, we were zonked. So, um, but yeah, uh, it gets, yeah, it gets very, very dark out there. Extremely dark. Um, yeah, man, it, it's, it's awesome. We love it. And, very uh, cool, very cool. Since, uh, obviously since my grandpa is no longer with us, let me see if I can get these things open for sure this time. Um, we've kind of open to whoever wants to come can come. So very I was cool. thinking about maybe not this season, obviously, cause the season's coming to an end. Um, next season, maybe during the set, when it starts to get a little bit chillier, you, me, Nikki, Maddie can ride out, um, just hang out for Bring a night. Bring the mezcal and, you know, yeah, some hang. sausages and let's go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, burn okay. some firewood. All that good stuff. Yeah, man. I love but camping. that's next season. Uh, but, yeah, we had a great old time. And, uh, 
It's weird because, like I said, it's the first time we've done it. Yeah, you know, family tradition. And when somebody's not there, it's apparent. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's great. So it's great to have those things still. And because it's like, I feel the closest to them when we're doing shit like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. But uh, so yeah, that was my week. Uh, Obviously, we'll talk about what I did this afternoon later in a minute. But uh, Gabe, how about you, buddy? Let me get this Uh, one open. Okay, so my week was pretty good. Last night, we went to go celebrate my buddy's birthday. Uh, We went to a place called Mo's Cantina downtown. Uh, it's like this hip Mexican joint. It was pretty good. What's it called? Mo's Cantina. Mo's Cantina. Yeah, it was pretty good. I got some, you know, El Pastor tacos because I'm I'm a fucking sucker for El Pastor. Uh-huh. Um, they were good. Uh, got some mixed drink called Holy Water. You know, it was that Anejo tequila? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I'm I'm a sucker for tequila. Yeah. As you and your wife know. Uh, <laughs> and then we went to. Uh, are you familiar with headquarters? Yes. Yeah, we went to headquarters. Um, it was all right. Me and my girlfriend prefer the more kind of toned down thing. I think if we went on like a, like a Thursday night or something, it would be a much better experience because, you know, Saturday night it was fucking bumping. It was just packed then? Yeah, it was packed. It was a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a bit excessive. Is there any issue with, with the establishment itself or is it just the, the amount I just people? think it was the amount of people. We okay. don't like people. If, you know, <laughs> that's just their thing. Yeah. We prefer the, the like local hole in the wall as opposed to like the big bar club thing downtown. I got you. The game assessment was okay. They had Mortal Kombat 2 and Ultimate 3, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is like both sense. our favorites right up there, yeah. right? And um, and everything else was all right. They had a decent like assortment. Uh, their pinball collection was much better than their like arcade cabinet collection. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of pinball machines. They had like a Lord of the Rings one, a Star Wars one, the Adams Family one. Uh, yeah, we spent some time on those. Very cool. And their beer is excellent. I had a blueberry cider, and that shit was like crack. Do they make their own shit, or do they? I I have no idea. No. That's all okay. Oh, but yeah, it's called uh, Blue Gold. Yeah, it was called Blue Gold. Blue Gold. And it was, like I said, Blueberry Cider. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Very cool. So we got some notes. And uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Beer Man over here is going to talk to me about the, the inflating prices. I, what, okay, so I, I, I don't remember what. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. You don't, you don't remember your topic? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember why, but like it had something to do with the Mars. The beer, the the price of beer is going up because of Mars. I don't remember. See, it slipped my head. See, the stars aligning because it's not Leo season anymore, and you have uh, fortune coming your way in the in the deep future, according to my fortune cookie here from Panda Express. Beer prices are going up because of Mars. Yeah, that like again, I I didn't look that deeply into it, but because like it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. But beer prices. So so on a gibbous moon, I should expect cheap beer prices, right? I hope so. I will let my local establishment know, yeah. and they will firmly kick me out. When you go to Benny's, be like, "Hey, man, I it's, heard it's on Gibbous Moon, man, Wax yeah. and Gibbous, bro." Yeah, they're gonna be like, "Yeah, get the fuck out." Yeah, <laughs> Maybe you, get your Instagram shit out of here. Yeah, right. But yeah, so again, that's something that uh, I, I had it, but I, then I lost it. But you had something on here as well. Sure, that I, um, I sent a video to you and Mr. Parker earlier this week about Boston Dynamics. They're a robotics group out in Boston. Uh-huh. Have you seen the video? Did you watch it? I saw, I saw bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Okay, I didn't watch so all of it. they're they got like a robot dog called Skip. Or something like that. Yeah. And this fucker, they made it moonwalk to a, to a song, to the, the the Bruno Mars song, right? Okay. And to Uptown Funk, right? Okay. Okay. And that thing was buttery smooth, and the end the the, the end of the era of man is here. That thing can moonwalk better than I can. And well, to be fair, I haven't really seen you moonwalk, but one could assume that it's not the greatest job. In buttery the world. smooth. Buttery smooth. It's crazy. You're like, wow. I you're, did not know robots can do wait, this. You, wait, you're moonwalk or the dogs? The dogs. <laughs> okay. The dogs. No, I'm, I'm telling you, you, 
you think you know robots and then you see this shit like IRL and you're like, wow, that's kind of crazy that we live in a day and age where this shit's happening. Like it was super fluid, super fluid. It was almost crazy. I saw it. I was like genuinely like astounded. And you know, I work in like the IT field and we see all sorts of crazy shit, but I was like, wow. Yeah, uh, let's get some iRobot up in this bitch and let's call it, it a It reminds good me run. of um, a couple years ago, they came up with this artificial intelligence and uh, it started to communicate in ways that we didn't understand. And that's when we had to shut it off. Because once it starts speaking in languages that we don't understand, like that's a, that's a well, problem. There's all sorts of failed artificial intelligence attempts, like the Amazon one most recently, where it essentially hired the most, um, the, the candidate with like the highest percent match. Yeah. And it unintentionally developed the habit of not hiring women. Is somebody knocking my door? Hello? Uh-oh. Is this foreshadowing for, for the big topic? No, I decided I legitimately heard somebody knocking on my door. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was like the Amazon one. There was, all, there was all sorts of failed AI attempts. Oh, yeah? Okay, oh, cool. Man, this is getting spooky real quick. It is getting a little spooky. It is, it is close to Halloween after all. But, um, so yeah, man. So we're, we got a big, big topic coming up. But I don't know if you saw the trailer for this particular movie that I also have on the docket. Uh, the Curse of La Llorona. Yep. Did you yeah. see the trailer for this? So I, it came up, and I watched the whole damn thing, the whole like three minute trailer. Um, lots of childhood memories with this trailer, man. That La Llorona shit. Like, yeah. You know, I remember my parents telling me about that. Yeah. Kinda. And you're not even Mexican. Yeah, man. It's wild, ain't it? Huh. But um, I thought it was a good trailer. But you know, my theory on trailers and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you think? I think it looked fun. Um, uh, think it's about- doing it. Fox or Warner Brothers? I think it was Warner Brothers is doing it. Uh, Columbia Pictures is doing it. I don't know who's ah, who behind it. But um, yeah, man, I watched it. It looked good, man. And uh, we saw it in the theater, so it had that extra oomph, you know? Yeah, it was the preview for uh, the Halloween movie. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. But yeah, man, I'm kind of surprised it took this long to get to it because uh, it's kind of a famous, like you said, kind of a famous wives' tale to scare children. Well, because Nikki was saying, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just surprised it took this fucking long to make it. And I was like, yeah, man, that's a good point. Yeah. Because this is like the first like big budget production of La Llorona. Yeah. And I know they have like a haunted house based in it in like Universal Studios or something. Oh, do like they? That. That's cool. Yeah, like where like she's full blown like eating a child or something like that. Very cool. So, uh, Very metal. Yeah. Let me get that as a new Under Oath cover. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, man, it looks good. And man, uh, maybe it's just because it's spooky season. But man, I, these things are just getting me extra, extra amped. Good copy. Well, that, that, that translates into or segues into the big topic this week. The I think the one that we're probably going to end up spending the most time on. Uh, one of our, I think, well, I guess by speak for myself, and probably you, one of our highly anticipated films of the year uh, dropped on the 19th. You saw it Friday night. I saw it two hours ago. Uh, I know you have some shit to say, and I want your opinion on it. Sure. How do you want to approach the movie? Uh, just overall, uh, likes, dislikes. Sure. Um, so here we like to do general first impressions. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it did the first justice, and I stand by my point that Danny McBride knew exactly what he was doing. Okay. Because when I mentioned it, you're like, yeah, I don't know, man. But now that we've seen the movie, I think we have, um, I think we're going to have some good opinions about it. And mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of overlap in regards to what we're going to talk about. Um, first and foremost. Wait, first off. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler warning? I'm going to put a spoiler warning. Yeah, so spoiler warning. Um, if you haven't seen it yet and you're going to, yeah, turn this shit off right now. From here, uh, this mark, and I'm going to put it in the description uh, when the conversation ends. Yeah. Uh, if you're not interested in spoilers, that will be in the description. You can just fast forward if you want to listen to the rest of the show. But this will be a, spo- a Halloween spoiler review. Um, 
Because we have to. All right. You ready? Yes. Yeah. So go ahead. So first and foremost, I love that they use the old title cards, the old like Mm. grainy 80s title cards. I Mm. thought that was fucking excellent. And everything leading up to the Halloween intro was fucking beautiful. The whole asylum scene and the whole like, say something, say something. And like the peak of that tension, the, I thought that was beautiful. That was a masterclass in introductions. Mm -hmm. Right, right next to like the, the departed introduction. Yeah. That whole like half hour buildup before the title card. Yeah. I love that. Um, I thought the kills are really good. I thought they were creative. Um, well, let's talk about the kills for a minute before okay. we get before we get too into it. Which was your favorite? The because we got some good ones. We got some gory ones. There was two. Well, this is why this, this one's hard to tell because we don't see the kills. We see a lot of the aftermath. Yep. But the majority of the kills in this this film, which is why I like them a lot of them so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally, I know this is kind of the gore, one of the more gory ones. I like the head smashing. Yeah. Um, the head smashing was one of my favorites. Just um, because of the kind of the setup of they had them look had the doctor looking up at him and the red lights kind of over his face and he's just looking at him like. Well, to kind of touch on what you were talking about, I love the kills in this movie because everything, all their deaths are hinted at vaguely. Like when they were climbing the fence, mm-hmm. those things were sharp. And I was like, oh man, don't fucking fall on that, bro. Like that spike is going to hurt. You know, mm-hmm. you get caught in your ass. That was foreshadowing the head stomp scene. You see his boot clear yeah. as day on like the left side shot. Yeah. You know, and I thought all the kills were very well done, very well foreshadowed. I think the only two that weren't kind of like, you know, crazy was the two bathroom kills of the documentary makers. Uh-huh. But you kind of knew. Mm-hmm. You knew. Um, I enjoyed the kills. My favorite kill was the one with the drunk kid in the yard and yeah. how the lights go on and that off. That was good. Yeah. That was a really good use of light. That was really good. And um, you know, I when when he saw Michael, I I thought like half of me was like, yeah, Michael's probably just not even gonna bother. But yeah. as soon as the lights went off, I was like, oh when, shit. When he said, um, hey man, you ever you ever gone after a girl and just didn't get her? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you probably don't. That I thought like maybe Michael's gonna have a little bit of sympathy for him and just like walk away because mm-hmm. maybe he can relate to that, but uh, yeah, that was that the whole the dialogue light, was yeah, great. Yeah, the whole light coming off and then him standing in different spots uh-huh. was like very well done. The shit that nightmares are made out of is that type of stuff. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, keep going. Um, I like the kills. I thought I think the kills were very well done. Yeah, and part of what uh, my girlfriend said was that the old one is. It, I don't want to say age badly, but you could tell it's dated yeah. to a sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought this movie did a really good sense of bringing everything up to speed. All the, the modernizing of it all, the modernizing of yeah, it as a franchise, really, yeah. honestly. Um, I love that little uh, black kid. I can't remember his name. Yeah. I thought he was great, like uh, tension breaker. Where mm-hmm. he's like, "No, nah, Dave, you go first. You yeah. gonna die?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was brutally awesome. Yeah, and he he like you know, I thought that was great. Um, Things things that I liked about the movie. There's a lot that I enjoyed about the mm-hmm. movie. I enjoyed a lot of the parallels. Like when Michael tossed Lori out the window yeah. and he's looking down at her, I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to look away. He's going to look back. She's gone. And yeah. sure as shit, it happened. And I thought it was a very interesting thing that a lot of these roles were reversed. Like that role and the whole hunting the house scene. Yeah. Whereas in the first movie, Lori was hiding, but now she's actively pursuing. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful honestly i love the kind of that sort of like even small symbolism you know where you had Lori as like this fragile kind of you know 17 year old girl in the first movie and now she's gotten total badass yeah you're ready to hunt so how'd you feel about the movie because i'm kind of over here ranting and raving i I quite enjoyed it yeah i I loved it dude um i think it captures the ambiance the essence of the the franchise as a whole while bringing it up to speed as you mentioned modernizing it uh, the score Doing was it justice, man. It's like polishing oh, yeah. an old car and bringing out that paint job. Mm-hmm. The score was absolutely beautiful. Ten out of ten. 
uh, they knew when to cut it back to. I, I mentioned this uh, off off camera or off air that um, I like how when Laurie was pursuing Michael, there was, it was dead silence. You were, all you heard was creaks and, and footsteps, people, and, and footsteps, and you didn't know who was where. And mm-hmm. um, that, that whole scene with the, the mannequins in the room, and she opens up the Palpable closet. Tension. Yep. Yeah, like. I mean, I was sit, I was almost squirming in my seat. I'm like, ah, that now, no, okay, now, no, maybe. And then like the moment where like you catch a little bit of levity, then it comes. Yep. Um, the whole ending chase scene, I guess it's kind of hard to call it that because, like you said, Laurie was the hunter, Michael was the prey, and the second, yep. on that and whole. this isn't the only example of the role reversal that we get because in the first movie, um, we had Loomis and the cop, yeah, and the cop was. Essentially, the reason that Michael, we got this, you know, this quote unquote sequel that's called the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I thought it was a very interesting thing because Loomis 2.0 in this movie is a complete like foil to the OG Loomis because OG Loomis essentially said, there's nothing we can learn from him. Yeah. You kill him, you burn the body. You got to go. Yeah. You got to go. Whereas in this one, the, I, I don't know the damn dude's name, so I'm going to call him Loomis 2.0, was like, I want to know what it feels like to kill. I think this is so fascinating. We can't let him go. Yeah. And essentially, you know, the cop in the first movie didn't kill him. But now going to this, he is the one hunting him down. Yeah. And he's like, I fucked up. We got to put this to an end. Mm-hmm. Michael's out. This and that. And yeah. I thought that was a very good kind of like role yeah. reversal of the two. And those two characters complemented each other very well. Yeah. Whereas in the first movie, they didn't, they had very little direct interaction. It was towards the end of the movie where Loomis was talking to the guy that, you know, shot him and didn't kill him. Yeah. So... I thought that kind of dynamic brought a lot more depth yeah. into this franchise and kind of bring breathing like fresh life into it. Yeah. Because you took essentially two very static characters and, you know, two very uh, opposing characters in yeah. a sense, like morally. And now we switched it up. We intertwined their stories and we made them essentially actively racing against each other. Yeah. And I thought that was great. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, there was... Uh that was like the hit the doctor, uh, kind of going ape shit and killing the the sheriff. Yep. yep. That was kind of that caught me off guard. Um, I felt it was kind of unnecessary. Uh, I mean, like I said, I understand the point of view, and you are right. He is the like the the antithesis of what Loomis was. Loomis is like, you got to go. Like this, yeah. we don't need to learn anything. From I him. think the the whole idea behind that was to do a Harley Quinn thing. Yeah. Where you study a subject so much, you just become fascinated with it. Yeah. I think that was the, the, the approach to it, essentially. Yeah. Well, and there's like there's there's multiple forms of obsession, and they're not necessarily obsession from, uh, like, Loomis was doing it from like the the aspect of like. I'm obsessed about getting rid of him while he's obsessed with about, I need to understand him. It's like, you don't, you don't have to understand yeah, absolutely. him. Uh, and even the, the documentary, like the, the, you know, the podcast people, not us, the, the podcasting people, they were like kind of the same over fascinated by him. It's like, well, you got to draw a line in your fascination. And I, it's funny because when I say that, like that line was drawn physically in front of them where he was like almost overextending his bounds when he would reach into Michael's box with the mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, it's especially with them, their their whole thing. Um, I think it's very interesting. Um, There's I, a lot of good stuff at play in this movie. Yes. There's a lot of ticking gears. It's yeah. like clockwork. We surprisingly saw a lot of. I don't want to say it saw a lot, but there was a lot of glimpses of Michael's face, actual face. Well, yes and no. Mm-hmm. The way he was posed and the way the frame was shot was very deliberate. Was yeah. very purposeful because mm-hmm. at no point in the movie is his face revealed. It's full face. You yeah. see. His Bits eyes. and pieces, you get like the scruff of his beard, the like his jawline here and there, and like at one point you got like a like a quarter of his face from the side. Yeah, and I thought there that was just gorgeous because yeah. you you, you want to see 
the it, it's very much how the first alien was you want to see the monster but you only catch glimpses and peaks of it yeah. and that's what makes it terrifying yeah you know and i thought that movie kind of drew inspiration from that i'm sure that's not the first and only example yeah. but i really appreciated it coming from that standpoint where you can't show the monster you can't show the villain you, yeah. he's got to be somewhat mysterious yeah um that was a very interesting to me um what else was very like all stuck out i liked that the whole that, like you said the opening where He's like, you feel it. And it's like, and, my, and my, all the guys are shaking. And everybody and else, and, yeah, everybody else started, felt the kind of that, that, that untangible, you know, yeah. Mike, Michael's wound up and they know maybe because they spent more, you know, they spent more time with him. They, they, they know when the, the anger is kind of winding up inside of him. Uh, that was very interesting to me. Uh, there's a lot of callbacks yeah, to absolutely. previous films. And not even the one, obviously, not to the, the original, but even to two, four. Five H two O. There's a lot of stuff in there that you're like, hey, that was that from like that. Easter egg, yeah, yeah. The bathroom scene from H two O was in there. Uh, the mechanic getting his fucking face bashed in was from four. Uh, uh, the obvious one where, oh, I heard you he was your brother. Yeah, was like, no, that, that was made up. Uh, the lady, the first, uh, the lady who gets her face bashed in with the hammer. That was a callback from to the second movie. There was a lot of that stuff sprinkled in, and it was beautiful. You could catch all of it. The the, the silver shamrock mask from the third one. That's what's did he even have Michael in it? Those were those were around. Um, yeah, man. This movie was made by people who generally love the franchise. Absolutely, and, and it tells. So I want to talk a bit about the ending of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so first and foremost, um, the scene where she gets a shot off when he's in the doorway. Okay. Um, and you know, me and Madison spoke about this, and she has a good point. My mentality was, if that was me, I would, I would push. You know, you play siege, you know how it is. You get, a, you get a shot off, and you know, you get some counterfire. You, you want to push a little bit. Yeah. You know, you want to be a little bit aggressive. And so I would have waited by that door because he, he ended up coming in that way anyway, right? Mm-hmm. She could have popped off another shot or two, nice and clean, and mm-hmm. then the movie. But that wouldn't have been a satisfying resolution. We wouldn't have gotten the scene grand plan. Um, and then my second point was almost immediately addressed and resolved. And I love that. My, my whole second point was, why the fuck would you just not put yourself in a room with no windows and one way in and wait for him? Because mm-hmm. you know, Mike, he's curious. He'll, he'll pursue. Yeah. Right. And so that was my idea. But then seeing how Lori went through each room in the house and then she had the button that dropped the gate yeah. on it. I was like, that is such a beautiful resolution because yeah. she's being she's being the predator in this instance. Yeah. And I thought that was perfect. Yep. And that was something I really appreciated because me coming from like that, you know, tactical shooter mentality was like, uh, this just doesn't make sense from a tactical POV. Yeah. And then this happened. Yeah. And then dropping everything. Yeah. I thought that was gorgeous. And one more thing. uh, This is the last I'll mention the siege. But when (laughs) she popped a shot off through the floor, I was like, she is using her verticality. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So, yeah. So what'd you think of Lori's master plan? Oh, I thought it was fucking like you because you didn't see it. Right, nobody saw it. You didn't see it till the reveal, the final reveal at the end, mm-hmm. where she's like, "It's not a cage; it's a trap." It's you know, it's meant because they they hit it at it multiple times. Where she's like, "This is my cage," like with her daughter, "This is my cage." This was my cage. And once Michael fell in, first off, before fast forwarding or rewinding a little bit, where she's like, "I can't do it, mom, I, mom." I yeah, can't that was do that was it. a great scene. And then Michael, because Michael feeds off fear. He's like, fuck it then. He steps up in front. She's like, gotcha. Boom. Yeah, that was a good scene. She snapped out of it. We got you. Boom. He fell. And that whole thing where she's like, yeah, like this wasn't this wasn't my cage. This was a trap. This was my oven. And then boom. And it and it dropped him. And then like dropped the spikes. And Mike's just like, you motherfucker. You know, and it and it totally makes sense because in the back of my head, I was like, why is her whole house made of wood? Why would she not have like 
something more reinforced, something stronger, like a concrete basement. You know, I'm sure there was concrete, but, you know, I was just like, kind of like, well, you, you could break through wood with bullets and hammers and, and shit, but it totally makes sense. It was just tinder for the fire. Yeah. Essentially. Um, I thought the, the execution on the plan was beautiful because yeah. the whole time the director had me thinking, they're trapped. They're locking themselves in. They're trapping. Yeah, yeah you know, they're they're yeah. essentially limiting their escape options, yeah. right? Their 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 routes out. But then I saw it. It was a total lure. It was a switch and bait. Yeah. On both Michael and the audience, and yeah. I thought it was really well done because I'm sure if we go back and we look for like details, I'm sure they'll be there. Yeah, 100. percent I liked how the house looked like it was straight out of the 70s. How Lori never really moved on, which mm-hmm. was kind of the whole point. Lori did not move on. She, you know, she her her whole life was wrapped around him coming back. And my thing is like I know. If you're her daughter, I know you're going to feel like my whole, my whole life was ruined. But my thing is, like, he wasn't dead. He's not dead. and we you got to be prepared for it, man. Yeah. You know he's coming back. And it was an, it was inevitability. Everybody knew it. And it even got to the point where, um, like, the the sheriff was like, we're hunting him down. Like, we're not yep. waiting around. We're, he made the mistake once. He's not yeah, going to make it again. We're, we're hunting him down. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You saw the old age mentality flip on, like, a switch. Like, yeah. the moment Michael's out, everybody's 110%. We we are not gonna sit here and idle by yeah, when he when he inevitably comes for us. At, yeah, picking picking people off one by one, which is something I wanted to talk about because in the original, he seemed like he targeted and deliberately attacked Lori and her friends. Right, mm-hmm. it's like when he got out, he got fixated on them and he attacked them. In this particular movie, he felt like he was just mercilessly walking from house to house, almost just. Uh, Michael Myers is a force. Mm-hmm. He's very much like a hurricane, tornado, whatever you want yeah. to compare it to. If you're in, if you are in his way, you are a victim. Yeah, and that's just the way it goes. Now I want to talk about something that that me and Adriana said. If it happened, we would walk out of here. Which was so the very beginning of the movie with the little boy in the truck, right? Where Michael snaps that little boy's neck. First off, completely caught me off guard. I did not expect Michael. to Oh, kill the baby, the baby yeah, scene. Yeah, to kill that little boy. Which that moment set the expectation for later on. After he murdered the girl, the the old lady in the house with the hammer, and you he hear the, the baby, baby crying, crying. Yep. everybody you you could feel the collective breath in the theater. Everybody go, oh no! And as he's walking towards it, me and yeah, Adrian, he looks at the baby. Me, me and Adrian are like, like, because this is not. I'm like, I'm not gonna sit through that. That's 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 horrible. That's just that's beyond. Here, here's my. I got two kind of thought processes on this. And uh, first and foremost. Um, if he would have murdered the baby, I think that NC-17 rating would have been inevitable yes. and AMC would not have showed the film. Yeah. Um, second of all, if we're looking at it from like the lore perspective, like the in, in-game perspective, right? Um, Michael Myers is first and foremost a predator. Yeah. Yes, if you are caught in his way, he will tear you to shreds. That baby was not suitable prey. Yeah. It was a small fish. He tossed it back. And yeah. that was kind of my mentality on it where he could kill it. Did it really do anything to him? No. Well, like I said, well, him killing that little boy set the precedent in your head. Yeah. And for a split second, we all believed in that theory that he was going to kill that, that Yeah, that absolutely. For Everybody. a split second. And that's why it was so fucking effective. Because here's the deal. And like you, yeah, you're right. It's, it's all about the, the predator in him. He killed that little boy because it was necessary for him to get away. Mm-hmm. He needed that truck. You got to go because you're in his way. This baby, like you said, baby, small caught a small fish, threw it back. That's exact. That's one hundred percent on on point, and that's probably the smartest thing you ever said on this podcast. No. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's that's a great analysis. Um, but like I said, for a split second, we all believed it. Yeah. Well, because because Michael is, we could assume that he's conscious, right? Mm-hmm. That he has some sort of sense of understanding. Yeah. yeah. And because he also let those two kids go that bumped into him, mm-hmm. but they didn't see anything. They weren't witnesses. They, you know. 
He didn't do anything because he didn't need to kill them. So in a sense, you could say that Michael is a smart predator. Yeah. He only kills what he needs What's to. necessary. Yeah. Because everybody who's kind of seen him and, and caught up with him has either one triggered him, which I would argue would be the point of uh, that uh, kid in, in the backyard. Yeah. Because there was essentially no, no good reason to kill him other than maybe the fact that he said that line and that's what, you know, that's yeah. what got him but everybody else has been a a uh, victim of necessity yeah because they saw something because they were in the way because they were trying to fuck they, with them they had his, or they were related to Lori in yeah. one way or another he had his costume though the mechanic got it because he needed the, the coveralls uh-huh. the podcast people got it because they had his mask and you know what i mean the little boy got it because he needed the car and like i said after that he just becomes like a fucking plague in egypt house after house just murdering my uh, Maddie argued that because he did not kill the baby, there's probably going to be some sort of argument that Michael has maybe some good in him, and I'm I'm not I'm not fully convinced of that, but I could see where an argument would form. Mm-hmm. I prefer my predator argument a lot better because yeah. it just makes sense to me. Yeah, and um, you know I'm sure some theories will come to light. And we'll discuss those as they come up. Yeah. Um. That being said, let's uh let's let's tackle the elephant in the room. Is he dead or no? Um, well, the reason, okay. The the movie was done and shot very deliberately. Yes. And Malik Akkad, uh, Mustafa's son, did very good things to this film. Yeah. So we have to address the fact that in the ending scenes where the basement was burning and the house was burning. We did not see him. We did not see him one bit. Those, yeah. I, right off the bat when I saw those, I thought they were framed oddly. Yeah. And then it kind of clicked. He's not in any of the shots of, yeah. of the house burning. Yeah. What do you think? I that's that was my my main proponent to believe why it's not over with because, as you said, uh, we did not see him after Laurie said goodbye, Michael, and dropped the flare. We did not see him burning up. We did not see him running around the basement. We just saw his mask staring from the staircase up. Yeah. Right, that was it. Yeah, that was it. And once they left the house, we didn't, we don't see Michael again. Um, but then um, there there was no easy way of telling you, you know stay through the whole thing. Yeah, there's just no way. Of telling you without lying to you at one point, right? Yeah. So I told you to stay through the whole thing. And at the very end of the credit roll, you hear the, the breathing through Him the breathing mask. breathing through the mask, yeah. Uh, that was awesome. I think it's a nice little Easter egg for people who stuck around. Because um, I, I know with the development of the film, they wrote it as a two-parter. Now, they said, well, hold on. They were going to shoot him back to back, like this whole thing. They're like, okay, hold on. Let's do this one at a time. Uh Let's not shoot them back to back and waste the money because if this movie comes out and they hate it, we're waiting around for them to come around and hate the next one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have something in mind. They know what they're going to do. Here's here's my thought process. If it's left off on this note, it's it's beautiful because it wraps it up the same way the first movie ended. Yeah. Where you think it's over, but it may or may not be. And, you yeah. know, at the time, people were probably like, holy shit. Like you know, what's next? Yeah, it's up to the viewer. Yeah. And I hate those kind of endings, but this one kind of made it work. Yeah, if they end it like this, I am one hundred percent okay yep. with it because it left it off on a note where it didn't spit in your face. Yep, and we can sit here and argue whether he's alive or not, probably for hours. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful. And yep. just just the way it kind of wrapped it all up in a bow. Yep, that that's that's my my big thing too is that if it's over. They did a fantastic job and showing beautiful restraint because it'd be very easy to to milk it again to bring it back. Yeah, just repeat the cycle, right? Uh, my thing is, is if they come back with him, and I'm a Michael fan. I love Halloween; it's one of my favorite movie franchises of all time. We talked about it. If they bring him back, it better be explained well, and it better be for a damn good reason. 
At this point, I think he's. I kind of don't want him to come back. I'm, I'm cool with that too, honestly. Um, but like I said, it's got it's got to be well written. and It's got to be a good reason. But um, man, I, yeah, man, I I think it just left off on such a good note. Yeah. That if they brought a sequel, I would almost be afraid that this is just going to turn into the next Cash Cow. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. And um, man, there, there, it was just there were so many good high moments in this in this movie, and um. You know, I mentioned it before, and this is, I, I think this will be a good kind of wrap up for our review. But this movie was done, constructed, filmed, shot, directed, produced by fans, by fans of the series, and that's mm. what we need more of in the music industry. Mm. Halloween has had its high points, music, and yeah, and music, and Halloween has had its high points and it's had its fucking low points in the yeah. series, like any of the long running slasher films, the mm. Friday the Thirteenth, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Some would argue that uh, the Friday the Thirteenth are all low points, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that being said, you have people that genuinely care about the product, mm-hmm. putting love and effort, time and hard work and sweat into this product, and it show it goes to show that it is achievable. Yeah. And this movie encompasses the feeling of Halloween, the beauty of the franchise. Without beating a dead horse. Yeah. But still incorporating all the elements we loved, the ferocious nature of Michael, those kills, yep. those, and, and, you know, even bringing in some of the, like the low points, like the Rob Zombie scenes where some of the scenes are off, off screen and you don't see it, but you see the aftermath kind of like how you mentioned it. That's yeah. beautiful yeah. that you can incorporate elements from other movies, yeah, from, from other adaptations. Yeah. And I thought this movie paid beautiful homage to it, what is Halloween. You know what it is? To me, it is Halloween's greatest hits. Wrapped up into one nice little CD package. Absolutely. So to speak. Um, that being said, I'd, I'd kind of want to... You, you got any closing thoughts? I, I want to well, kill uh, the, the last line with the... Well, yeah, yeah you, but I'm sure you got some good. Uh, for, so, obviously, if you're a fan of the franchise, see it. It is, it is a must-see. If you have a minimal interest, you're going to love it because it's a modern take on a classic. If you're a classic head, you're going to love a lot of the little things that bring back. You know, It, it, it is funny. It's not a comedy. I saw a lot of that. It's a comedy. It's, no, it, they no, had... It, it has every funny horror moments. movie has that. It has its funny moments to kind of it's break icebreakers, yeah, yeah, to break the levity of it all, to kind of ease you in to, to a sense of you know comfort. Uh, but for me, for somebody who's a big longtime fan of the franchise, I absolutely adored this movie. Uh, I think it ended well, um, and if like you said, if it's over with, a beautiful way to end it. And if but if there's something next, hopefully it's gonna only gonna raise the bar a little bit more. Uh, I absolutely love this film. I was not disappointed by it, and we'll see what's next. What do you got? My girlfriend would like me to mention her her one issue with the movie, which is at the end of the movie, she looked over to me and she said, all I wanted was to see a crispy piece of man bacon burning. (laughs) (laughs) And she liked the movie and she's seen one and two. Uh, And, you know, she's, I would say she's a casual watch. Yeah. So. Love it. Love it. Love it. I, I know it's probably up there in your top three for movie of the year. Uh, I would say it's definitely a contender. I'd have to review and see. Kind of, you know, like take a look back at what came out this year and get back uh-huh. to you. But it's definitely a contender. Well, I haven't seen that many movies this year, so I think automatically, you know what I mean? It's up there. But yeah. So yeah, um, absolutely good review. Yeah. Uh, good movie. Mm, how many stars would you give it? I'd give it like four and a half out of Yeah, out four of and a half. Four, about, about, yeah, four and a half. Because you know me, if I give it a five, you, you better go out and fucking see it right after this podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, so that's the, that's the Halloween talk for this week. 
Uh, that's at the 35-minute mark. Oh, so we have some scattered topics. Uh, nothing too crazy. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to touch on this. You know what Skateboard is? No, I don't know what Skateboard so is. So it's Skateboard without the vowels, right? And it is this game in development by this guy named Kevin. It is the spiritual successor to the skate games, to the Tony Hawk games, and it looks fucking great. He is okay. bringing back the muscle. And I know that we're big fans of the Tony Hawk franchise. We grew up on that. We live, breathe, and love Viva La Bam, right? Yes, sir. And this game looks like everything we love. And this man made a... Spotify playlist of all the songs he wants on there. And he firmly stated, I am not releasing this game until every artist on this gives me the green light. He okay. has artists like him, Slipknot, all these great bands, uh, Rage Against the Machine, shit on there. Some stuff that's been on some previous Tony Hawk tracks, some stuff hasn't even seen the light of day on Tony Hawk okay. or Skate. And that being said, I will send you some footage, but this game looks fucking phenomenal. Yeah, send me It that. caught me off guard because this is like, you know, I feel like we're one of the few kind of people that are still talking, raving and ranting about the, the good old skate days, right? Yes, sir. And the Tony Hawk days and stuff like that. But this man is bringing the nostalgia back full force. Cool. So I wanted to toss that out. There. That sounds that sounds fun, bro. I'm very cool. I'm looking forward to this project as well. This is also you. I'm also. Uh, yes. So have you heard of Nike and Uzi? I've heard of Nike, the company, and Uzi as in the gun or as in the rapper. Uh, neither, actually. Ooh. So Uzi is a um, esports player. He plays League of Legends. Okay. And Nike just signed a deal with him, and this is the first ever Nike deal with an esports. Uh, what do you call him? G- gamer athlete? I don't know. Uh, esports. Let's just call them player? gamers. Let's call them gamers, yeah. right? An eSport player. And so I thought it was kind of interesting, man. Yep. I never thought this, – this thought never really crossed my mind, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. They signed uh, like a multi-million dollar deal. His whole League of Legends team get the LeBron – the new LeBrons, the 11s or whatever it's at. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're going to be repping those at all the all the big league tournaments. Um, well, it's it's the sponsorship. It's the not, brand. It's the they, brand. They want them to show their, off the brand. You put their name on the little the little the little jersey, and everybody. So knows all the fans at home, they're like, "Oh wow, maybe I'll be as cool if I have a Nike jersey." Yeah. So I don't know if they're doing jerseys. They're doing shoes for sure. Well, they're hundred percent gonna have the logo on the jersey, you know. Maybe 100%. I don't know. I have no idea, but I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, my girlfriend is reluctant of the term esport. What's so stupid about esport? Neither is golf. What what qualifies a sport? I think sport, like, I don't think that it doesn't take talent. I just don't think it should be called sport because it requires no athletic ability. Uh, muscle memory, reflexes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, don't know if anybody heard all that. that. Hopefully it. they did. But um, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it athletic ability, but there's definitely some ability. Like the, like the reflex is the biggest it thing. It doesn't require like talent and dedication. I just don't think it should be grouped in sports. I, I think that's a, that's a fair statement, yeah. but what else would you call it? Without sounding totally childish, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. I mean, you know, everybody has their own opinion on it, but good for good for my man Uzi, and <laughs> it, it's kind of nice to see that the gamers are getting, you know, I don't want to say what they deserve, but they're 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 getting mainstream attention. Mainstream attention, yes, sir. We live in a society. Yes, sir. So give me an update on Black Ops Four. Let's talk about. All Black right, Ops 4. so you've had I, it for what? A week now? I have it for a week. I've only got about six hours in. Uh, six hour review by Jacob. Yeah, so. Granted, this is all subject to change. Um, hold on, let me get my let my wife get my phone real quick. Um, my phone and order. But yeah, um, this is all subject to change. So basic first impressions, right? I talked a little bit about it last week, and uh, I'm gonna get into it. I spent a little bit of time in zombies, spent a little bit of time in blackout, most of my time in multiplayer. Um, I think. They did a good job. All right. 
Uh, now, this is not the Black Ops of the past. Uh, I think it's if you go on it thinking it's going to be Black Ops 1 and it's just going to kind of change the face of Call of Duty. In a way, it does that. In a way, in most ways, it doesn't. Um, I think... But them extending the time to kill, which is like the biggest thing, the most noticeable thing about the about the game is that, is that they ex- got to dedicate a whole clip. Yeah, I, the most I've gotten so far was a triple kill, and this is somebody who could pull off quads and five pieces pretty pretty easily, pretty regularly. Because I'm good at flanking; that's like my thing. Uh, you have to be extremely accurate. Your accuracy pays in this game. Well, as opposed to Call of Duty, it's usually the first person who gets a shot off. You know what I mean? Good change or bad change? I think it's a good change. I think the learning. See, it depends how you look at it. Because I think people think all oh, Call of Duty is more for the casual player, and in a way it is. But I think extending the learning curve a little bit, making it a little bit more difficult, is going to reward players. The dedicated people. For, yeah, who have the skill. You know what I mean? It's going to reward them. While previously, it was kind of a free for all. You know what I mean? You yeah, see, whoever has the faster finger wins. Yeah. Um, and I think there's ways. To, if you're getting shot at first, there are ways to win. Yeah, I've heard there's uh, been... Uh, it's very... I should say it's not uncommon to get turned on. Yeah. Um, it's very... Yeah. It, it can happen. While previously, getting a turn... like get the Getting turn, turned on was like a miracle. Uh, yeah, it was like a big... You're like, oh shit, I can't believe I, I walked away with that. This is like, well, I, I outskilled that player. That's why I beat him, right? Uh, they also removed a lot of the kind of noob-friendly kind of uh, mechanics. Drop shotting is not really a thing anymore. Drop shotting your accuracy, fucking right down the fucking tubes, which is what she's just trying to do right now. Yeah, it's right down the tubes if you drop shot. Um, which is, man, I you got to break a habit, man. I, because I, I was a, a, propo- a drop shotter. I was a proponent of the worst kind of scum. <laughs> I'm a proponent for the the drop shot. It's just something because it's like, why am I getting? It's get- there. Make it work. Yeah, you know, it's on, uh, it's on uh, Activision at that point. Yeah, uh, and uh, they took that away. Uh, now, the things that surprisingly impressed me were the specialist man i know we you talked like them yeah we talked about this uh how it's kind of ripping off cgn yes 100 percent is uh these specialists do bring an added layer to the game because previously with the old specialists it was like oh you get a special weapon for a limited amount of time some of them still have some of those mechanics but there are ones that put up like a guardian shield you know what i mean and you could use that to put it on objectives so it's kind of changing the, the flow of the game Right, so you got to work around that somehow. Yeah, right? you have to find ways to work around it, which adds a de- little bit of depth. It adds team composition is a little bit more important because you can't pick two of the same specialists. Unless you're playing Chaos. Yeah, you can't do that. So um, I think it adds depth in a way. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, you probably understand because you played a lot of Call of Duty. Uh, usually it's the guns that you unlock at like the 26th level that are usually the best, right? Halfway. Yeah, like the Tar. Yeah, or and the, the FAMAS or whatever, maybe. Oh, man, don't talk to me about the FAMAS. Yeah. The yeah. F2, baby. The yeah. looking ass. Exactly. <laughs> uh, usually the guns in the middle of the pack, one of the ones that you unlock are the best ones. Are the ones you're going to love. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the ICR, the starting assault rifle, and the starting SMG, like those are the best weapons I've unlocked so well, far. That's good, man. Um. Talk to me about gun personality, because it's, especially when you get towards the end of the unlock list in Call of Duty games, like I remember COD 4, after I unlocked the R700 sniper rifle, everything was kind of bland, similar. I didn't even like the 50 cal, if I'm being honest with you. I didn't like the beret like that. I would always choose the R700 or the M21. Yep. You know, those are always my go-to snipers. And kind of the assault rifle curved off after, whoa, man, 
probably the M4 carbine, honestly. That was like the second or third unlock. Everything after that was kind of eh. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about gun personality. Is there like a lot of like difference between guns? Do, do they do they have stick-out personalities? They, 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 yeah, they have different personalities. So, uh, like I said, the the ICR, again, I'm, I may be halfway through the first prestige. Um, the first ICR, or the first assault rifle, plays like the kind of the, the prototypical IC, you know, assault rifle that you've played in every other Call of Duty. Low like, recoil, uh, like, fairly decent range. Like the ACRs of the past and all that good stuff. Now, the second gun is the slower shooting kind of Man of War style of guns. The LMG? It, a little bit. A little LMG. Uh, the slower shooting kind of assault rifles where it hits the, harder. The C91s? Yeah, it, it hits harder, but you got to make sure your shots hit because if you don't, you know. You're going to get turned on. You're going to, yeah, the guy, the gun with the higher rate of fire is going to get you. Uh, I personally like those type, type of rifles because I feel like I'm in more control. Um, and like I said, um, they have a different, a new set, a new class uh, of rifle. Um, it's called the tactical rifle. Those are the DMRs of the world, and um, like the burst rifles come in. Now there was one that because they had the default classes, they have weapons that are not locked, um, that aren't unlocked for you yet. Uh, there was one called the Swordfish. I love it. It is fucking fantastic. It's not the sounds are, are really good in this game. Um, I feel like recently of the previous Call of Duty, they all kind of kind of sound blended. Yeah, there's no real distinct. Yeah, um, this one kind of allows it to, to separate that a little bit. Very cool. Now, there is some issues that I have with it. Um, basically, the whole season pass thing. We talked about this. Yep. Uh, there is stuff on the disc that is locked off to you, even though you purchased the disc. Yeah. Welcome to 2018. Yep. Uh, now people are like giving Activision like, oh, you're doing a great job because we don't have loot boxes. Those are coming. Uh, I think people yeah, are don't, get- don't be distracted by the fact that it's just not day one loot boxes. Yeah, uh, those are definitely coming. I think people are giving them credit before it's due. Uh, because when I bought the game, it says it comes with 1,100 COD points. I haven't seen any place I could spend my COD points yet. So where does that fall in? Oh, that's actually a really good observation. Can't yeah. Do that. Uh, so where does that fall in? It's going to come. They're coming. And you cannot tell me they have, uh, op- or a specialist showcase where you can kind of put your, you know, your operator. Why would they have that? If everybody has the same default, there's probably going to be more specialists mm. or specialist skins. And I would, my assumption would be probably right next to DLC one or right yeah. before DLC two. It's probably going to come integrated. Yeah. I would probably have to agree with that. I think, uh, cause I think they could get, definitely get away without doing it on DLC one. But around DLC two time, you got to add some some yeah. flavor, some flair, some pizzazz. About midway through the life of the game. Yep. Because um, because you're locked in for that price, they got you for the full fifty now. Yeah. Uh, so from a multiplayer perspective, if you like longer to kill longer time to kill games, this is the one for you. Um, it has that that kind of that Black Ops feel. It's a little bit of a combination of everything that has come previously. Very cool. And um, I think they did a good job. Now. I played maybe one or two games of Blackout. It's a battle royale game. It's extremely polished because it's the Call of Duty engine. Mm-hmm. It feels great. Uh, super satisfying to get kills, which I think is part of the reason why they extended the time to kill because it, you feel like you're earning a kill as opposed to you're like, yeah, no shit. I, Run and gunning. Yeah, I aimed at him first. Duh. Um, so, yeah, um, it's fun. I feel like there's a lot of dead kind of uncharacteristic land coming from point to point, which a lot of these battle royale games have that problem. Uh, especially the ones that are thematic, like the Fortnites of the world, like anything in between is very boring to look at. Uh, I feel like this game kind of has the same kind Hills of issues. and planes and valleys yes, and exactly. bullshit that don't matter. Exactly. Uh, I think eventually they will add more to that. I think they have to. 
Um, so that was cool. Zombies, man, I think you're going to fucking love it, dude. I, I know I'm going to love it. Yeah, I think you're going to have a hoot with it. Uh, the Titanic map was uber impressive. I love how it opens up with the fucking Titanic hitting the, uh, the yeah, the Titanic hitting the iceberg. Uh, haven't played the Coliseum map yet, but that looks fucking fantastic. Uh, and haven't played Blood of the Dead yet. So I really, I'm, I was really excited to play the Titan, t- Titanic game or the Titanic map. And man, I, I think they're going to, they're going to do copy. Uh, good things with it. I have a, uh, one of the groups I'm in, all of them have the game and mm-hmm. I'm hearing nothing but positive things. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I'm kind of hoping this game goes up on a, like a flash sale for Black Friday. So if it does, I'll happily cop it. So this is what this is okay, because it is a compilation of other games, right? I feel like this is like everything we've seen in Black Ops so far combined into one. I feel like because of that, because it's really not changing anything. You feel gypped for the sixty? Not yeah, uh, not to say gypped because like, you get you get what what it's worth. But I feel like you get the most value at thirty dollars. Yeah, I would say like $30, $40 is probably what I'd happily pay for the game. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think you get the most value for it because half the content in the game, you've played already. You've played Slums, the map Slums. You've played played Summit. Summit. You've You've, played Shooting Range. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, I feel like you've played a lot of this stuff already before. And don't don't get me wrong, though, because I hate coming into a new shooter of any kind and not knowing maps it drives me fucking nuts so i'm glad that they have those games that you're like i know this map where you just get eased into it literally like the back of my hand um however because it's different because the game is built differently a lot of those new maps especially on like domination you could get spawn trapped better than any other previous call of duty game i've ever played yeah i've heard the same and there's a lot of you know the, the spawning system the spawning system goes through a lot of changes throughout the life cycle of any call of duty game so I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for now. But again, subject Maybe to change. Maybe in a patch, they'll yeah. update the spawn system. Yeah. So subject to change. But hopefully they get that fixed. Because if you that. if you get locked down, if you, if your opponent got CB, you um, ain't getting out. Copy that. Uh, so we'll see. So overall, I'm enjoying it. I'll give it a three and a half out of five. Um, for now. Yeah, for now. Subject to change. It can go up. It can go down. I don't know. Um, but... Overall, I'm enjoying it. I think Copy that. So, um, like I said, I kind of wanted to pick this game up. However, I just got my thunder back. That's me knocking on wood <laughs> or drywall in this instance. Yeah. I just got my thunder back in Siege. Okay. Uh, we're full, full, full blown, full blown Riri right now. It uh-huh. feels great to uh-huh. be back in the flow of things. Okay. Yeah. I was in a real low point, and thankfully, I didn't play any ranked games. Yeah. Because, you know, I hit that point in the season where I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I being so stupid? <laughs> right. And now, yeah. now we're starting to build back. I got I played like a like a six one two game the other day and I felt fucking great and I was like yes we are back in business <laughs> we're gonna get the rank up and, and yeah man it feel, feels good yeah. feels good bro Maverick definitely up there he's climbing the ranks oh yeah he's probably right next to Thermite for me ooh honestly he, he's just I, the the his, his gadget fucking around with it a lot of good things coming out of it okay and, and I still love the AR the AR is my favorite part of yeah I, I know you were a big proponent of him I feel like. Because, again, me and you going into the season, I feel like, well, for me personally, I can only speak for myself. I know you're, you've been playing a lot on, on PC or more on PC. But I feel like we got so much hype going into the season. But once the season kind of kicked off, I'm like. Well, because when the season kicked off, it was like a week after they did the the discount, the free-to-play weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. And so maybe I ranked a little bit higher uh, with less effort because there was all these fresh kids on the yeah. block, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then once people started learning the game and getting back into it, that midpoint was when I started dropping ranks. Okay. As as you know, happened last season. Yeah, yeah. We won't yeah. get into that. I've had some excellent games. I've learned blitz. 
Um, to an extent, he's nasty on Favela. You cannot touch me on Favela with Blitz. How's Favela treating you, man? Because I know you weren't you weren't around. I love when... Villa. Okay. Villa's like my number two map right now. Okay, I love Villa. Because um, I, I know that, like I said, I knew you weren't. I hate I, I hate um, Cafe. I've I've hate the map. I think all the defense points are garbage. Cafe? I hate Cafe. We, that was our map, bro. That was our map, and I just don't like it anymore. I think that I hate train. I've always hated train. Mm-hmm. I think reading room's kind of garbage. And then cigar is okay, but you're still kind of naked, man. You, you got like one nut out, you know? Like you could have one nut covered, but the other one's still going to be out. You don't have a full set of pants right here, you know? And that's kind of my issue with it. I have no no big problem attacking, but defending is just like so... It's so unnecessarily claustrophobic in a sense, you know? Which okay. is kind of counterintuitive because if you're playing cigar, it's a big open area. But it just feels like you're so restricted. Yeah. And Cafe has dropped a lot for me. Villa's probably my number two. Um, Chalet's still up there for me. Uh, what else? I'm like going through the maps in my head now. Consulate, fucking great. Bank, fucking great. I would say Consulate's my number one, honestly. I love consulate? Playing, yeah, I love playing Consulate. Huh. So, so what's the worst then? So is it is it at the, at the rock bottom here or what well, are we looking at? I, I think Skyscraper is my least favorite. Wow, that's so weird to me. Um, I don't mind Tower now. I actually don't mind Tower. Tower, um, I think... I think I like it more because it's not ranked. I can just go in a casual game and just kind of pop off. And, you know, I, I don't mind Tower. I know I hated it going into it. I feel like a lot of these maps flip-flopped. Yeah. But Favela is my favorite casual map. And now House is somewhere in the middle. It's, it's lost down sight. We're still learning the map. And there's still, I'm sure, a lot of good goodies hidden in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, House used to be my favorite some time ago. But now it's just kind of lost in the lost in the sauce. Lost in the sea of translation. Yeah. So we'll see. But Favela, definitely up there. Mm. Um, fucking Villa is a great map. I love it. Front to back. I love attack and love the tending. Uh, except on, uh, it's not, is it Bomb? Yeah, I think it's Bomb where it has that weird uh, plant site right next to the like the skyline where you can drop in through. Oh, okay, it's like okay. surrounded. That's yeah. my only complaint, but you know, there's another Bomb site. Yeah. But yeah, man, I love it. Um, that's kind of my Siege update. You're, you're, you're back in Siege, huh? I, I, I think... I'm like Austin Powers at the end of, you know, this third movie, I want to say. I've got my mojo. That was two. That was two. That was two. Yeah. My, my bad. No, you're right. I got to get back into it, man, because I was on Madden, the Madden boat for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get a little bit more time in Call of Duty before I go back to Old Faithful. I hopped back into the Smite for a minute there, too. Yeah, yeah, man. That's good. Oof, man. Smite is so fucking good. Yeah, uh, buddy. I've actually totally flip-flopped my opinion on Chernobog, bro. You hate him? So my first games with a couple of games with him, I'm like, oh my God, this is like the most fucking overpowered god of all time. And then... And then you got countered hard as fuck. Yeah. And then everybody started to fucking target me because <laughs> I, you know, he plays a very... he's the biggest threat. Yeah. He plays a very specific style. And if you're not feeling it that particular night, if your aim is off by a little bit, you're, you're, you're yeah. I would say the same for, for Thanatos, man. You're feeling it or you're not. Yeah. You're in that... Thanatos... I would compare him to Blitz. You got to single him off. You got to hit him where it hurts. Yeah. And you got to get the fuck out. You got to make it quick. You gotta, yeah. You got to hit, hit your shots he, and get the fuck out. He, they're good for executing that straggler. That yeah, one yeah. that's not playing the team or mm. the one that's not in the chat. That is 100% correct. Yep. You, you are right about that. So I did not bring any games this week. Did you? I did not. Okay. Let's skip the games for this week. Oh, no. Let's talk some music. So uh, Undroth did it again. Uh, they are truly magical in, in a sense. They brought back Anne Berlin. Well, yep. they didn't really bring him back, but Anne Berlin is back for a show in their hometown with Under Oath. Yes, sir. It's good to have him back. Yes, I it is. I kind of missed them, man. They, they were definitely 
Um, would you call them post-hardcore? I, I, yes. In that general area? Yes. They were a post-hardcore band that I kind of... They were like side-by-side side with Under Oath with me growing up, man. Okay. They were both kind of, you know, like I love stuff from here, I love stuff from there. And I think they, their music complements each other very well. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, I love seeing a lot of these kind of OG bands come back. Speaking of OG bands coming back, and speaking of Under Oath, this band uh, broke up a couple years ago. Was I called it the? You know how I call the bravery is like a poor man's killers. Uh-huh. Confide is a poor man's under oath. So uh, they were really big for a little bit. Um, I want to say like 2011 off the top of my head. That's mm-hmm. like the year that sticks out. 2010. Uh, they sound like under oath. They are very similar in sound. Uh, and they're back. They announced a 10 year anniversary of their album, which I think is Shout the Truth. I believe is the name of the album. Very cool. Now uh, we just need Poison, Poison the Well to get back together, right? I th- aren't they still around? Well, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't keep up with them. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, they're back as well. And speaking of being back, we're just gonna fucking slam all these at the same time, Gabe. Speaking of being back, uh, a old boy band from the 90s, late early 2000s, dropped merch. Some merch. Mm, well, uh, yes, no, in a sense, in sync. Dropped a merch line called the Time Capsule line. They're reprinting and redoing every single piece of merch they've ever had that over the years. Fucking awesome. What do, you, what do you think about that? Not not maybe in sync in general, but the idea. First of off, merch. I'll stop you right there. I fucking love in sync. Oh wow, copy yeah. that. Yeah, a little bit of a curveball there. Uh, they're I, I love their shit. The best, their pop excellence. God damn it. Copy that. Lot, lots of good stuff from NSYNC. Oh, right? yeah. Fucking we were watching the show called uh, The 90s. It's on Netflix. It's like a CNN special. It covers everything from the 90s, music-wise uh-huh. and uh-huh. political-wise and all that good stuff. But uh-huh. they had Lance Lance Bass from NSYNC. And I thought it was cool. I was like, oh, the, the, oh wait. So you said you're out. The I love the 90s shows. Like, I love the la, la, la. And it goes, like, every year in recapping shit. Kind of, sort of, yeah. yeah. It's a really well-done documentary. They have it for the 90s, 80s, 70s, right? Yeah. Definitely yeah. check it out. I watched all of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had Lance Bass. And I was like, fucking great. Yeah. Um. I, I dig this idea because there's a lot of bands that, I, that I'm that i like, man, if they re- reprinted that merch, I I'd would buy, buy it in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah. You know, and a lot of like the older 100th stuff, mm-hmm. if they brought back some of that merch, I'd, I'd buy it in a fucking what, heartbeat. I mean, what fan base is more perfect than like a rabid boy band fan base to bring back that type of shit? Well, they've been slowly like reintroduced into the to kind of the main line, right? Because uh-huh. they've repressed all their albums on vinyl even the fucking christmas album you can buy it so it's been kind of like a slow injection you know like the the needle tip went in and then now we're right on the vein and now we're mainlining fucking black tar heroin so how long until they make a reunion tour that's a good question i think um jt is in a good position to kind of bring that back i think he would draw a crowd alone and you know he he 100 does draw a crowd crowd that that was those wrong wording you don't think so? No. I think because a couple years ago, they had the whole reuniting on the MTV Movie Awards or whatever the fuck. Right. And it was very brief. And I think there was a region. I think it was done intentionally. They didn't want. He didn't want. JT's all about him. And I, I love him. He's a f- great talent. But um, it's, it's just, it, he's all about him. I think the rest of them kind of plateaued with that band. And they're all clinging to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. JT definitely escalated his career. Yep. But I don't think it's a bad thing to have in your back pocket, essentially. Yeah. Maybe if, you know. He would make a shit ton of money. And obviously, he would get the most money because he's the draw. I don't see his career going south anytime soon. But, you know, if it does, you know, you just whip out in uh, sync, bro. He's, he's been around for too long. He, yeah, he, I know. Like he, I said, it, it's improbable. But yeah. if. You know, unless he, unless we find him with a dead child, that ain't happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I think that's a fair assumption. I'd like to see him get back together. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's probable. But hey, man, if you could still kind of make some guap off a uh, '90s boy band, then why not, right? I don't know, but yeah. So this is something that I saw you retweet, which got me instantly excited. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, they're doing it in volume, so I think they're doing like 
don't quote me, maybe five year increments. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's cool, man. Cool. Um, we got a buddy who like, um, very unironically loves in sync, uh-huh. and we see the shirt at Hot Topic every time we go there. We're like, yeah, we're gonna get him a fucking in sync shirt, and he's gonna <laughs> love it. Cool, cool. All right, so moving on. This band. <sighs> okay, so I gotta tell you, man, I gotta break your heart right now. Oh. They didn't confirm anything. Okay. But they tweeted something along the lines of. When you guys said you'd fly out for our first show back. Were you, were you for real? Were you for real? And this band is called The Ghost Insect. Yes, sir. They immediately followed up the tweet with, guys, we're not announcing anything. We Nothing wouldn't do this to you. Yeah. But the moment it happens, we're letting you know. We're gauging interest. That being said, uh, we talked about this band a lot. We talked about the return a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Y- you have my answer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love this band. Yeah. And like I said, man, when Dear Youth comes on, they're going to be crying. We're going to be crying. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a fucking ugly mess. <laughs> yeah, man. This this is... Uh, well, at the, very, the fact that they're even like teasing it is, I think, is a good sign. Yeah. So... I, I mean, I, I know a lot of people would be in a position where they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to look at their former selves, but these guys... They're passionate about their music, yeah. which I think goes to say a lot because a lot. I would say I would say a lot of these like emo bands and like mallcore bands that are around in there. Somebody's been listening to punk rock NBA. Yeah, man. Uh, well, <laughs> he, he he raises a lot of good points. He absolutely that, does. Some ah, people are in this for the money. I um, relating to that that particular thing real quick. I think he has severe bias. I think there is something to be said. That he he's had interactions with certain bands and because they may not been they may have been less than positive, he's like mad at them, because they're, they're, here's why. Chiodos, ah uh, yes, he, he called them a boy band with they were not with that. breakdowns. Yeah, they are not that. He at all. to be fair, he's from a different generation. He's like ten years older no, than we are. I agree, but I, I know that. But I'm saying, but he's like oh, but AFI and yeah, sh- there's I get the it. bands that he like picked out. Like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if. He had a bad experience with them, and he's allowing that to curve his... his Absolutely understand. Yeah. Um, regardless, um, good points. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Bands, uh, Some bands do it for the money. I'm you know sure. this. And yes, it's sir. unavoidable, especially in the hardcore scene, where we live in a day and age where you have a Marvel tattoo. Wow, that's fucking cool. Oh, you listen to hardcore. Oh, that's fucking cool. When, you know, 10 years ago, it would have been like, dude, what the fuck is hardcore music? Why, yeah. why the fuck are you listening to these people screaming? This isn't even music. Yeah. You, you remember those days? Yeah. I remember those days. And, sure, there, sure. And, and there is 100% truth to what he also said about it he's like a lot of these bands that are post hardcore label as post hardcore don't even have hardcore influences yep absolutely bands were Lincoln Park and Slipknot which I 100% I hear a lot of that and uh, you know say what you want about the punk rock NBA I like him I think he raises a lot of good points you may not agree with all of them but 50-50 with him we're we're from a different generation so I'm sure we have different standpoints but getting back to the ghost inside yeah sorry Um, I know the drummer is in another band called Decadence and he got special equipment for the kick pedal I think we covered this Mm -hmm. um when Virgil comes back, I think when we see it, I think that'll be the time Yeah, for the next wave of the ghost inside. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is they're going to stay quiet for a while. And when they come back, they're going to be like, guys, here's the new album. I think that's exactly what they're going to do Yeah, because they are masters of their craft. They, they do the very, uh, the inspirational melodic hardcore so well. I absolutely love it. That was prior to a car accident, so imagine what they gotta say. What they gotta say now? I'm, I'm telling you, anything they do from now on is is. If you thought the last album was the peak, or like Avalanche was the peak, wait for this one because mm-hmm. this is gonna be full blown, 110 percent emotional. I'm getting teary just talking about this, <laughs> and it's not even a thing yet. It'll be good. 
Cool. And I, I'm, I'm excited for, I don't want to get too hyped because, you know, it still might be a while, man. We're Take excited for the need. prospects of it. Absolutely. Because this is a band I miss dearly. This is a band that, they really did it for me there for a yeah. while, you know? I get you. Like Engine 45 when that shit came out. Oh, boy, you know I was busting drywall. Yes, sir. So, that is our update for The Ghost Inside. Um, that was our review for Halloween. And that was our talk for everything in between. Our review for Black Ops. So there was a lot of stuff. Yeah. We covered a lot of stuff in a quick amount of time. I Like I said, I will put that timestamp for the Halloween review because it is spoilerific. Uh, but other than that, man, uh, again, I uh, want to thank all the new listeners for coming and checking us out and giving us a chance. Hopefully, you guys stick around. Feel free to comment and subscribe on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play. Stitcher Radio, Podbean. Stitcher Radio, Podbean. Uh, Anywhere that podcasts are found. Yes, sir. Also, feel in, uh, feel free to you know send us emails at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Like and subscribe, like I said. And, tweet uh, at us. Tweet I'm at pretty us. active on the Twitters. I'm I, I'm active to a point. Yeah. Uh, you got questions, comments, or concerns? Shoot them my way, and I'll, you know, we'll see what we can do. Like us on Facebook. All that good stuff. Uh, we were very honored and happy to be a part of the Featured Week. It's coming to an end. but What hope- a good week for it, too. Yep. Uh, hopefully you guys come back. And uh, until then, deuces. <laughs>